This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast, show 136. Uh, I got buyers lined up that will take it as is. I don't even have to go to the city. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com. Your home for real estate investing online. What's going on, everybody? This is Josh Dorkin, host of the Bigger Pockets Podcast, here with my co-host, Mr. Disneyland himself, <laughs> Brandon Turner. What's up? What's up, man? How was your trip? How was Disney? It was good. It was good. Uh, it were long lines, but uh, it was well worth it. You know, we we use the fast pass a lot. Nice. And uh, yeah, I spent the last week at Disneyland, and I got like twenty four thousand steps was my highest on my Fitbit. Yep. So I rocked last week for steps. But it's like the first time I've ever actually seen you come even <laughs> close to beating me on a trip. It so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I actually walked last week, so it was amazing. So yeah, it was good. It was good. Uh, I went on Pirates of the Caribbean like five times. Yeah, uh, did at you least. cry when it? You know that that waterfall drop. There's, there's a little bit of tears happen. You okay, know. guys, I I want you to go on <laughs> Facebook and Twitter. I think they're just on Facebook. Go on Facebook and and find Brandon and look at his pictures. There are some really funny pictures. Well, the, the best picture, the best. Maybe I'll try to upload it to the show notes page. The best one was uh, we did the Tower of Terror, which is that drop, right? You drop yeah, like you're right. your wife. My Heather. wife. Yeah, Heather <laughs> is so funny. But even more funny than her is the girl behind us. Like I don't know if you noticed this girl behind us. Like it looks like she's being murdered and like her. <laughs> And I did slow motion on my did phone. A slow mo video. Yeah, it's, it's so, so funny. funny. I'll try to upload it to the uh, the show notes page at biggerpockets.com slash show one three six. Check it out. Awesome. Awesome. Did you know that short and medium term rentals often offer double the cash flow compared to long term rentals? Well, it's true. And rental retirement just made investing in them easier than before. Now you can buy fully turnkey short and medium term rentals that are newly built or renovated, leased and managed. Maximize your cash flow, appreciation and equity while the rental retirement team takes care of all of it for you. Plus, their creative financing options like interest rate buy downs can get you a rate in the low fives and their investor loans let you buy multiple properties with as little as 5% down, not 20%. 5% down. But why buy with rent to retirement? They're investors just like you and me and rock one of the highest reputations across bigger pockets with more five star reviews than any other company on our site. And I think that's a pretty big deal. To learn more, visit rentoretirement.com. That's rentoretirement.com or text REI to 33777. Again, text REI. 33777 to learn more about how you can get started investing in some of the best cash flow markets today. Buy low, sell high. Buy low, sell high. It's a simple concept, right? But not necessarily an easy concept. Right now, high interest rates have crushed the real estate market. Prices are falling and properties are available at a discount, which means Fundrise believes that now is the time to expand the Fundrise flagship fund's billion-dollar real estate portfolio. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in minutes by visiting fundrise.com pockets. Fundrise.com pockets. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. Passive income without the property headache? It's possible. There's a way to invest passively in real estate and get monthly income without any tenants, maintenance, or property management. The wealthy have been doing this for years, and if you're an accredited or high net worth investor, you too can collect cash flow without the headaches that come from owning rentals. How? By investing in a private real estate fund with PPR Capital Management. 
PPR's co-founder, Dave Van Horn, wrote the book on real estate note investing for BP. But he's not just investing in notes. Dave and his team also have an extensive background in commercial real estate. And with PPR Capital Management, they're strategically investing in both notes and commercial real estate nationwide. With over half a billion dollars in assets under management, PPR has provided individuals with a steady source of truly passive income since 2007 without ever missing a payment. Check them out at investwithppr.com. Again, if you're looking to get monthly passive income from an experienced team with a strong track record, go to investwithppr.com today. All right. So today we've got a really cool quick tip for you. We're going to talk about a relatively new feature that we launched the end of last month, uh, which are sub forums. So basically we went and launched these forums for each state in the country. And then we've launched forums for each major metro in each state. So if you're, you know, if you want to go and subscribe, you can now subscribe to the California forum. You can subscribe to the Los Angeles forum. You could subscribe to the Dallas forum, you know, the Des Moines forum, whatever you want to do. So you can go macro like state, you can really focus in and and, uh, just do a city or, you know, I would personally recommend if you're uh, in a city, I'd probably do the city and the state just to kind of see what yeah. kind of results start coming through. But uh, definitely follow these forums, subscribe to your local city and state and other areas that you're interested in. And, uh, you know, we, we've got the keyword alerts already, but just having the state forums, I think it gives people more of this, you know, communal vibe where they can just say, oh, or, you know what, I'm only going to connect with these people or people interested in this area. So uh, jump in there, check out the sub forums. Uh, you can really you can find them on our local networking forum, or if you go to the Bigger Pockets forum categories by biggerpockets.com/slash/forums/slash/categories, you can find it. We'll link to it in the show notes and uh, check it out. Get networking. Cool, cool. I like it. That's going to be really helpful. So yeah, yeah I'm excited yeah. to be engaging in the Seattle and the Tacoma sub forums. Yeah. So yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, cool. Uh, let's move on to. I want to read. I want to read a rating and review from iTunes this week because uh, I really like this one a lot. Awesome. Um, mainly because it started with "addicted" from A. Lassure. I hope I'm saying that last name right. Said I just joined the Bigger Pockets community a couple weeks ago and have been listening to three hours of podcasts daily ever since. Yes. Woohoo! Can't get enough of the excellent anecdotal information and insightful tips. So love that. Thank you so much, A. Lassure, uh, for that five star review in iTunes. So cool. Thank you. Yeah, and if you guys uh, are listening, please jump on iTunes and leave us a rating review. You can also do re- leave us ratings and reviews on Stitcher and SoundCloud. You know, please get in there, help us out, help us get more visibility for the show, and subscribe by doing that. And definitely subscribe if and you're iTunes. not subscribing, yep. you're missing out. You're missing out. There you go. So, all right, let's get this thing going. Today's show is with Sean Holsapple. Hopefully I didn't butcher it too bad. I think that's right. Sean is a real estate investor focused on the Indianapolis, Indiana real estate area, one of my favorite places on planet Earth. <laughs> that, that would be the place where the guy threw a can of soda at me as I was stalled on the side of I-80 on the highway. I didn't Traveling know <laughs> to St. Louis for college one year in the middle of summer. Yeah, That's it funny. was awful and not pleasant, not pleasant. But Sean hopefully was not that guy. Hopefully not. Hopefully, hopefully not. not. So Sean is an active uh, real estate wholetailer. He's Busy doing lots and lots of deals. He does uh, well over a hundred transactions a year. You know, built kind of a cool business model. So uh, yeah. you know, pay attention, listen up, and let's uh, bring him on. Sean, welcome to the show, man. It's great to have you here. Good, good to be here. Finally, I've been waiting for a long time. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. Well, us, you've been, us too. 
And yeah, yeah, <laughs> forever. I mean, you know, we oh. we sent you all these 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 messages, and and you kept saying, you know, I'm too busy, I'm too busy, and and, yeah. and well, finally yeah. here we are. Finally yeah. here we are. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about. Uh, a little it's bit of Monday. a bunch it's of stuff. Monday. Today is Monday. Today we're talking about like finding deals. I want. I know I want to cover that because I hear you're one of the best at finding deals. So uh, that's the reputation anyway that you have. So I think we'll cover that oh. today. He okay. is in the Rust Belt though. So, you know, let's just keep that in mind. <laughs> uh, Southern Rust Belt. So Where are you from? Where are you at? Uh, I'm in Indianapolis, Indiana right now. I'm from Mitchell originally, which is a small farming community a couple okay. hours south. Okay. Right it's, it's in the rural areas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, notice... You know, the, yeah, he's picking on you. Picking yeah, on you. yeah, yeah make fun of me. All right, Sean, let, <laughs> let's talk about this. I, my notes, you know, we tried to switch this format up and we, we have very limited notes so that we, we kind of come at you guys with, with fresher questions, uh, hopefully. The bio I have is you lived out of the country before moving back to Indiana and you started investing out of the country. Is Am I correct on that? Is that how you got going? Yes, spent five years in Calgary, Alberta. Okay. Uh, and got back to in, Indiana late 2010. Okay, so tell us about investing in the U.S. from Canada. What was what was that like? How'd you get started? Um, so I picked up Rich Dad, of course, for the second time in uh, late 2008, and picked up again and realized I've got to really do something with my life. I've been working 30 plus years with with nothing to show for it, basically, and um, and so happened there was a three day Rich Dad event there in Calgary, uh, that same run at same same time frame. So I went to that. My wife actually drugged my wife, and um, you drugged her. I mean, you no, know, uh, dragged, like drugged. Bill Cosby style. Yeah, no, not that kind of drugging. As okay. it, as by the back of the hair and this. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> and so finally got got her there, and halfway through the second day, for her it hit. The light bulb went off. It's like, okay, now I get why you're looking at houses all the time. Because up to that point, it's like we can't even afford one. Why are you looking at more? Yep. The usual stuff. So I uh, went to that, really opened my eyes on what to do or you know, all the strategies. And one of those was uh, getting creative with, with your credit cards. So um, uh, while I was in, in Calgary, it's like West Coast US. There's this, you know, everything's very, very expensive. A shack there is 450 to 500, Ooh. you know, and you can't touch a duplex less than six to 650 that rents for 1200 a side. So there's no wow. cash flow. So um, I was looking back home, uh, looking at my you know some smaller towns first, and was seeing uh, seeing duplexes in the 50, 60, 80 thousand range. Then I happened to come across one in Indy that was, you know, there were thirty and forty. So that kind of got me looking at Indy because up to that point, I figured at the larger city it would cost more. So I wasn't even looking here. And one thing led to another, and end up looking at a little single family uh, here here in Indy. Um, of course, now this is two years later, which which I always kick myself for waiting so long to do anything. I was making offers, but really conservative, kind of scared to make too many offers, always thinking, what if they say yes, that kind of stuff. And um, so um, there was one, it, it was on a, from another wholesaler, and um, I was on a list by then, of course, and came across. It was listed, I think, at 10.5, which was rough, you know, for <laughs> to say the least. But anyway... I offered 95 just to throw an offer, and they said yes. And it scared the crap out of me. I'm like, now what? You know? <laughs> so I was, I was still in, in Canada, of course, and, and it was here in Indy, so I did everything remotely. Um, the way I purchased it was uh, um, I got a, had a line of credit at that point, a signature line of credit, a small one. 
and that was my first purchase was this line of credit and then I bought it and uh, got a property manager involved he said yes not too bad so got it fixed up started renting it out at 550 and that was the very first one six months later threw it on some website for sale someone in California bought it for 18 grand and I was like wow that, that was kind of neat so um, wow wow okay that's uh, that's pretty good man that's that's some so you you bought this was the original intent to buy and hold or was it to turn it like you did yes hold was the original go you know even during that a three-day a weekend event he said for you know the, the it should be you flip for quick cash to to build up your you know so you can buy the buy and holds he said if you don't you run out of cash pretty quick and right. i didn't want to flip at the point at, at that point so i thought well I'll, I'll skip that stage and just go right to the buy and holds well, after two, I was broke, and I was making a whopping two fifty a month or something, you know. So that, <laughs> so that that wasn't wasn't going to work. So I had to get into something else besides that. But yes, that was the original plan was was to have these rentals for passive income. Right on, nice, right on. cool. So all right, so I want I want to jump in here because you uh, mentioned you took you a couple years to make your first offer, and a lot of people listening to this show right now are probably in that same spot. Two years ago, a year ago, three years ago, 10 years ago, they decided they want to get in real estate and they still haven't done it yet. Uh, so, what, I mean, do you have any good tips for them on like, how do you overcome that? Whether it's fear or analysis paralysis or whatever it is, like, uh, what do you tell people today to, to, you know, get over that hump? I just tell them to get off the fence because I was, I was really bad about looking at, well, one thing when I went to that three-day event, there was about 35 different strategies that he talked about, which completely just, you know, melted my brain and yeah. had, and I had no idea. So I was so so caught up in all these different ways to do something, then then getting the spreadsheets out and looking and looking and throwing in numbers and saying what if and and you know now looking back, I should just bought it. You know, especially at, at that price. Here, you know, in our area, it's easy to pick up something less than a used car. So I tell people it's less than a used car. If you even if you lose it all, it's still less than a guru you know, big $40,000 training camp, Yep. And, yep. which you won't yeah. lose at all. So I, I tell them just, just to buy a little $15,000, $20,000 beater, go through a simple rehab with, with the pain of the contractors, and, and all, you know, which is a huge deal, which I think it is everywhere. And just get that under your belt, and you'll learn so much. And yep. just don't, you know, don't be so scared. I, uh, when I go to meetings here and networking events, I see the same people month after month, year after year, and I talk to them, I'm like, well, yeah, we're, we're still looking or we're thinking about maybe in six months doing, you know, doing that, some bandit signs or that y'all letter thing. I'm like, what do you mean in six months? You should do it yesterday. Yeah. You know, yeah. and um, I, I like that. Why. I like, I like the, um, you, you know, you can't really apply that in every market. So, right. so if you're in, if you're in Calgary, you know, obviously where a duplex is 600 K, yeah. you, you have to be a little more careful, but you know, I, I guess in an area where you can pick up properties for so cheap, I guess it kind of becomes a little easier and your risk is obviously a lot less on a per property basis. I mean, what's the, the most you can lose is the 10K you got in the property and hopefully, you know, you haven't screwed too much up and you have insurance right. to make sure, you know, you don't get sued and so on and so forth. But uh, yeah, that's, I mean, I, I like that, you know, get off, get off the fence, stop sitting around and, and you know, when you can't screw up as much, you know. <laughs> It should be it should be easier, I guess, right? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Now, what exactly is your main strategy today? Then, I mean, you bought that first rental. Are you flipping, wholesaling? What do you, What do you do? 
do a lot of wholesale, but it's not the uh, typical assignment. Uh, I do the the whole tailing, I guess you call it, or we're actually buying clothes. Okay. And then and then turn around and offer it out to my buyers list. That's that's my active income. That's my job. Okay, so let's take that back a little bit for people yeah. who have no idea what that means. Any of they've never heard of wholesaling before. I mean, maybe can you kind of just give us a big 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 picture of what the entire process means? Well, and, what is and wholesaling like. yeah. and what is wholetailing? Just sure. to clarify those. So a typical wholesale would be you uh, find a property either through bandit signs, direct mail, friends, whatever, and then you you get that property under contract, and then you would assign it to someone. It's going to buy it, so that so you're actually going to assign that contract to someone like me. It's going to buy, and then we close. Um, there, versus hoteling is I don't worry about getting in. I still get in contract, but I actually am going to close. Versus wholesaling, you can still walk away if you don't. If you don't ever find a buyer, you can just walk away. There's usually no earnest money involved. Versus what I do, there is earnest money. It's you know I I always close. If I say I'm going to buy it, I'll buy it no matter what just to keep my name out there as, as someone that, that will close. And then, um, then once I close, I, I usually have 20, 30 days before closing because I do a lot of HUDs and stuff off the MLS, which we can talk about in a minute. And so I, that gives me time to do the marketing. And, and I try to have it so before I close on it, then let's do a double closing. That's awesome. Right so how, how long do you typically <clears throat> own the properties for then? Anywhere from, from you know just a few hours for double closing out to you know thirty days max usually. Okay. Okay. And, right and are you always selling them to cash buyers or are you selling them to uh, at retail buyers ever like just you know homeowners? For the most part, it's other investors, okay. cash buyers. Uh, once in a while, the, you know, a owner occupant will see my ad on Craigslist or wherever, and they'll want to buy it. And sometimes they have cash or they or have financing lined up where it's a fit, and I'll do that. So wh- why do that? Uh, you know, why sell to a cash buyer when you can potentially sell to a retail buyer, presumably for more money? Is it you know you don't want to pay the commission to the agent? Would that make the difference in the sale price? Do you think you'll sell it quicker uh, for cash? You know, why, why why sell to an investor where presumably you're selling at somewhat of a discount to what you could get retail? Sure, I could probably go through the the pains of getting it up to retail value and ready for the market. And, you know, that could be 30 days worth of rehab plus another 30 to 90 days on the market to make five to 10,000 more, maybe 15,000 more versus selling it right now at a, at a smaller profit. But it's, it's all about volume for me. I'd, I'd rather take a quick nickel right now versus a slow dime yeah. in the future. Yeah, that makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. That's great. So, how many deals are you doing? I mean, it's you obviously got a volume business. Uh, what do you do in a typical year now? Um, I did 155 closings last year. Ooh, that's which, it. That's all. <laughs> now, a little disappointed, Sean. I mean, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I was thinking you were in the big boy club doing maybe know, like you I'm know 175, but yeah. <laughs> now, that, now that's closing. So that, you know that could be the same property twice when you right, buy right, it. Right. But still. You know, seventy-five to hundred actual s- separate properties. Um, out of that, I'll cherry pick a few and to keep for my own portfolio. Uh, nice for rentals and um, the rest. I just uh, sell. So let me. So, uh, I'm, I'm going to jump in. I'm you, taking this one. Take, I got this. You probably have the same question. Okay, is the business just you? Are you the only one, or or do you have somebody else helping you out? For the most part, it's me. Uh, uh, and my wife involved. She she spends three to four hours. 
uh, every day doing some HUD offers and, and just uh, taking care of all the paperwork that I, I tend to generate, which is a lot sometimes. Um, I got a VA, works 10 to 15 hours per week, which helps out on on uh, tracking some stuff and some offers. And VA means what? Virtual assistant. Perfect. Uh, cool. She's a, she's a college grad from the Philippines at three bucks an hour. Yeah, Love there it. you go. There you go. Economies of scale. Yes, I used to always think uh, you know that, that was for a CEO or or some big expensive organization. And when I finally got around to doing or getting a VA involved, I was like, it was super easy and very very helpful. Yeah. How how did you find that VA? That was through through Odesk, which I think they've changed their name now, but you can still look up Odesk. Yeah, and, Upwork. Uh, it's called now. Yes. Right. Upwork, and oh. and the way that works is they get a commission of uh, I think eleven percent. Right. On every hour, so the three bucks you're actually spending three dollars thirty three cents per hour, yes. and Odesk yeah, gets gets It's kind of tough, but I, you know, I try to I, I try to pay it for it. It's you know some weeks are are about sixteen dollars, and it's it's a little a little hard to, to give up that coffee. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> so what what does the VA do? Hold on, uh, you know, okay. and we joke here, but I mean, I I think it's an important thing because some people might be listening, being like, you know, Sean's a jerk. You know, he's ripping this person off. That $3 an hour to, to this girl in the Philippines that you're paying, she's probably pretty happy with, with that yes, amount of money. Yes, because from what I'm telling, an average uh, for a day wage, there's about 5 bucks all day, and she's making 3 bucks an hour. And holidays, you know, I'll, I'll throw her you know $20 bonus, which is huge to her. It, it would be like us getting a 40% raise one week as a bonus. You just got to put it, you know, just add the extra zeros there, and and then it kind of hits home, like you know what, what they're actually making. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I love the idea. I mean, I, I read this first, the whole concept back in the four hour work week uh, of hiring a VA, and I, you know, I've I've hired several since then. In fact, um, we've been working with a guy named Dave uh, in the in the Philippines. Dave is one of my favorite people in the world. He actually edits these podcasts. Yep. So Dave, what's up, man? Dave's the man. Dave's the man, right? And and Dave lives in the and Philippines. Dave's and Dave's making a lot more than three bucks an hour. <laughs> Dave is, because we like him so much. Like, we, we we really like him. I mean, he does awesome work. And so like, yeah, I, I love the idea of hiring, you know, outsourcing the little things. Even, uh, this is the point they made in 4-Hour Workweek, which I don't think people talk about enough, but just the idea of hiring somebody, even if they don't make you money, the learning how to manage an employee uh, if you're not good at that, it it that alone was worth the I mean worth the cost for me when I started like hiring people because I had no idea what I was doing and I'm not going to go hire a, you know a thirty dollar an hour American to learn how to be a manager. You know you right. can you can start a lot cheaper that way. So so what are they doing for you I and mean, what is this VA actually doing for you in your business? The biggest thing is uh, every day I have the the HUD home store forward her all the new listings in our area, and then she puts those on a shared a Google Doc that we all share. And then uh, I go in and put the offer price of what I think that property is worth. And my wife comes in the afternoon and she puts the offer in. That's, that's her main okay. thing. I, I have her do other little spreadsheet things, odds and ends. I, uh, she made my uh, Facebook page for my company. She charged me $2.20. You know, I give her five. <laughs> You're a generous you know, I, man. I, I could have stopped and you know took the hour to do it, but that hour I could, I could be doing a deal that makes thousands yep. versus two dollars. Yep. So that's yep. why I look at everything now. That's great. So yeah. I mean, it, it sounds like you're starting to rely on her to really run back end uh, f- for you. Is are there other things that you think that you could probably pony off and and haven't yet done, and you're just kind of working it little by little? Probably when I first started. Um, 
I, the first VA, the first two failed miserably because I had too much on their plate all at once, which I found out after reading the four I work you're supposed to start slow and work them up. And so since then I did that, but yeah, I could, you know, she could be making HUD offers maybe, or, or some other, you know, I could have her doing some follow up with, with marketing, but I don't do a whole lot of marketing anymore. So, uh, but yeah, there's all kinds of stuff you could have someone do. Yeah. Right on, right on. So you don't do marketing and you're a whole, well, you're a wholetailer. Not a wholesaler, but like a lot of people would say, well, to be a wholesaler, you've got, I mean, you got to constantly be marketing. You're getting, it sounds like the bulk of your deals on MLS and HUD, right? HUD home store. Right. Okay. And the online auctions too. Okay, cool. So let's talk about HUD. You know, what's the upside? What's the downside of HUD? HUD is, the upside is it's online. It's, it's real easy to make an offer. Once you get it automated, which I've got, I can do, we can do an offer in 45 seconds. And it just you just plow through it. And uh, the downside is you once they say yes, you have you've got 24 hour, hours to get them the documents. Actually, 48 to the end, but it, you have to get it mailed in 24 hours. So you got to stop what you're doing, print the 20 plus pages, sign it in blue ink. You know, everything. Blue ink. Yes, and uh, very difficult. They're they're really they have a lot of little quirks that has to be done. But in the end, you still get a good property. Yeah, and. Uh, and uh, so that's and and unlike other markets, that you know, a lot of people say you, you can buy HUD at eighty eight percent or eighty two percent. I mean, I bought stuff at fifteen percent or twenty percent before. Wow. So Whoa. so I so I actually make an offer on everything in the central part of the state. These are retail properties, right? These are foreclosed correct properties. Yeah, and and some are nice and some are ugly and some are hideous. But you know, you you have to offer accordingly. And yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I just offer on everything. If it's something I'm not sure about and it looks like in a rough area, I'll usually offer, you know, like 20 or 30% of the list. And sometimes they still say yes. And wow. you're not shying away from, from rough areas then it sounds no. like. Okay, no. so you'll buy anything anywhere as long as you can get a discount. Absolutely. Right on. Um, wow. what, what's the max that you would pay on a property? I mean, you know, as far as discount or do you not have one? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, once in a while we'll have one on the nice side of town that it's you know six hundred thousand and it's worth a million. You know, I'll still offer on that. Yeah, got yeah. it. That's cool. I mean, so let me ask you this: Do you know? Do you happen to know about what your ratio is of like how many offers you make versus the ones that get accepted? I don't know if you track that, but you just have a guess on what that would be. It's low. I mean, no, sure. we 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 tend to offer whatever is available right you know right now there's about 65 in our area on hud at least and we offer on every one of those and we'll close one or two a month okay. so you offer on 65 properties close on one or two next month you'll probably offer another 65 close on one or two right now wow. yeah i've been stressing this thing a lot lately on the, like the bigger pockets webinars that i do every week and i think i mentioned it last week or the week before here on the podcast the idea that people complain a lot like i just can't find any deals and what i always say to them now like my new like line is okay how many offers did you make this week and the answer is always yeah. oh uh none well how many deals right. did you analyze <laughs> this week uh none um, you know so i'm like in a way like how are you ever going to get an offer accepted if you don't make the offer in the first place how are you going to make Absolutely. the offer if you don't analyze the deal how are you going to analyze the deal if you don't find the deal across your desk like just work backwards and then start working forwards from that from that point just start throwing out you know like yeah i mean I, I, exactly what you're doing i mean it's kind of a largely a numbers game and you seem to figure that out right and, and i'll have people come to me want to want me to make offers for them because i am a broker and they'll have one you know the, they'll have one property they'll make one offer and they'll wait 
Yep. Like, man, you, you know, you, you got to make 10 or 15 or 20, or especially now we're in a seller's market, have been for about a year. And inventory is very tight. It's very competitive here, and you have to really be on it. So you, you have to make multiple offers just to hope to get one. It's halfway close. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, and you're basically building this pipeline of deals that consistently are coming in. I mean, would that be yes. a, a right way to describe that? Yeah. And there's sometimes, you know, there, there's been times where I'll get five or six, you know, on the same day accepted. And I'm like, holy crap. You know, like, <laughs> and the first, you know, first few times that happened, it was, it was a little scary, but now I know I can do something with it. You know, yeah. I, I've got enough private money to work with that. They're, that they're always happy to do whatever. And um, so we just go. Nice. Love, that. Love it. So, so basically, you've you've built this business where, you know, you can deal with the things that you can't plan for, right? I mean, you can't plan to get. You're not planning to have six offers get accepted in in a day, but if they do, you know, you got the private buyers, you got money, you got whatever you have. You, sure. You've got a lot of different exits that you can potentially take. So, actually, knowing and understanding what the possibilities are for somebody who's listening, who's new, is going to really help you out when you come into these situations. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very it's cool. great. Every lender loves to talk about how easy it is to get a mortgage. Then when it's time to fund your next deal, they ask for your full financials, your blood type, your mother's famous spaghetti recipe, and a map to the fountain of youth. Sound familiar? You got all that handy, right? Why not switch to a lender who actually makes qualifying for a loan easy? A lender like Host Financial. Host Financial takes the tedious tax returns, endless W-2s, and time-consuming financial requests out of the picture. Their light dock and common sense underwriting guidelines mean frictionless transactions every time. You'll even be able to use the actual or projected income of the short-term or long-term rental you're looking to purchase or pull equity out of. That's what lending built for investors looks like. So take the next step and grow your portfolio faster. Visit hostfinancial.com to request a quote in as fast as 60 seconds, which is faster than this ad. If not, it's pretty close. That's host, H-O-S-T, financial.com. Again, that's host, H-O-S-T, financial.com. Are you serious about making real profits from your investment properties? Then why are you paying a property manager anywhere from 8 to 25% of your rent? Cut your expenses the savvy way by self-managing your rentals using RentReady with flat rate pricing that doesn't cut into your bottom line. You think I'm paying a property manager? Heck no. Get your hands off my cash flow. That's me slapping someone's hand. With RentReady, you can collect rent, screen tenants, track repairs, and manage accounting all from your phone. Are you a Bigger Pockets Pro member? Well, guess what? RentReady is already included in your membership. Haven't tried it yet? Well, then what the heck are you waiting for, man? We made this possible specifically for you, Bigger Pockets Pro member. If you're not a pro, RentReady is offering you 50% off their annual plan. New customers visit rentready.com and use code BP2023. That's R E N T R E D I.com using code BP2023. That's BP, like Bigger Pockets, you know, the podcast that you're listening to right now. In the year 2023, to save 50% off of one year of Rent Ready. Cut your expenses when you use Rent Ready to manage your rentals. Sign up today at rentready.com and use code BP2023. Always find what you love and love what you find at Total Wine and More. 
With so many great bottles to choose from at the lowest price, it's easy to find your favorite Cabernet, Chardonnay, or maybe you're more of a whiskey drinker. Well, one of their single barrel bourbons is sure to please. With a little help from one of their friendly guides, find the perfect bottle that's just right for you. Hosting friends or family and don't have time to shop in store? Well, that's no problem because Total Wine & More makes it easy to get everything you need for any occasion with curbside pickup and delivery. But you know what the best thing about shopping at Total Wine & More is? That every bottle comes with the confidence of knowing you just found something amazing. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, find what you love and love what you find only at Total Wine & More. Visit TotalWine.com to learn more. That's TotalWine.com. Curbside pickup and delivery available in most areas. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. B21. So we talk about HUD. Let's talk about, I want to hit, hit really quickly auction and MLS as well for everybody. So let's do MLS next, which is, I'm, I'm assuming you're buying, are you buying just REOs or are you buying you know market price properties as well? Probably 80% are REOs, but there's still that, those few people that are they're motivated. I just bought one last week. She'd lived there for 30 years. It's in a kind of rougher part of town. She was in, at, the, at the age that she needed to move into a home. So her, her family came in and they put it on the, on the market. It was listed at 39. I offered 20 and they said yes. And you know, so we closed in a week. Everybody's happy. Yeah. So that happens on occasion. But for the most it. part, it's REOs. Okay, right on. And obviously, in the Rust Belt, there's there's opportunities like this. I mean, it's uh, it, there's definitely a lot of a lot more inexpensive uh, properties available. Yes, and by now inexpensive, this year, I really, really quick to clarify because this is where we all get caught up with me is this cheap, and then there's inexpensive, right? So yes, uh, inexpensive meaning you can get a discount on what the value of the properties. Um, they are also cheap, but. Right. You know, and by cheap, I mean you don't have to spend one hundred fifty, five hundred thousand to buy a property. You can buy them for twenty, thirty, fifty. But you know, a lot, a lot of people, especially new people, are like, "Oh, let me go buy you know this house because it's ten thousand dollars." It may be ten thousand, but it might need ninety thousand in repairs. You know, cheap doesn't mean it's a good deal. Absolutely, you know, there's we have places here in town that I've actually got paid to take a house because they had some liens from the city. Or he was in the war zone, and they'll hear, you know, here's three grand, please take it. I don't want to deal with it anymore. Nice. And uh, so, so that's a cheap house. So, what's the most you've ever been paid to, like, huh? Yeah, what, what, yeah, what's the most you've ever been paid to, to take a house over? That one, it was probably about you know, three or four thousand on a, on a really nasty house that had maybe 10,000 worth of city liens. But yeah. we can go to the city and ask them for help, and they'll usually knock it down, you know. So that ten thousand dollar lien might be twelve hundred dollars. All right. So let's take that property. I mean, I don't know if you remember it, but you got paid. I mean, like that's crazy. Right. Hey, I'm going to give you money to take this house. You got paid. Mm-hmm. There was. I'm assuming there were a bunch of liens on it. Was that ten thousand in liens on that one? Yes, it was. It was a lot. It was actually over ten. Okay. Actually, there's just just one recently that I'm working on that um, it's going to. You know, they're going to end up giving me close to three thousand at closing. Uh, it's got over ten thousand worth of liens. I know we can go to the city and probably get that knocked down to twelve to fifteen hundred. Uh, I got buyers lined up that will take it as is. I don't even have to go to the city. Okay, you know, I can. I'll sell it for three or four thousand. So you know, I can still make a few thousand. They're still buying it where they where they need to be. Then they'll put the effort into going to the city, getting it fixed up, and then yeah. um, they'll get it to, uh, to a rent ready place, and they'll sell it. 
you know, as a turnkey, maybe for thirty or forty thousand, it rents for six fifty, and everybody's happy. There you go. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Hey, that's awesome. I have a question on on that. You know, maybe going back a little bit, you you mentioned making lots of offers like this, whether it's on the MLS, whether it's the HUD one or the auction, which we haven't really talked about yet, but we'll get to. Uh, basically, I hear. How do you know how much to offer? I mean, like, is it just because you know your city inside and out? I mean, this is a struggle a lot of people have. I want to go put a lot of offers in. I have no idea what to offer. Like, sure. how do you know that? If it's a rental, I've got a cheat sheet of a of a large turnkey provider in town. So he he's told us ahead of time if it's six six fifty rent, I'll pay thirty three all in, for example. Okay. So I so I and and I know he's the lowest. He's the cheapest person in, in town. That's spending it nicely, but he's, <laughs> you know, if, if he'll pay that, I know, or if I can get it to fit those numbers, then I can get to fit anybody's numbers. So he's, so he's, that's my, where I start. If, if I can hit his numbers, then I know that's it's, a great idea. It's good to go. So, so that's what I use if it, uh, for rental. If it's an area that I know really well, which is several areas, then I already know what it's worth. And so I can do that. If it's if it's something for retail, I'll just do some quick comps and see what they're selling for. I try to use the sixty five percent rule, you know, sixty five percent of the actual ARV, which is after repaired value minus the rehab, is is where we try to be. And then then I can still wholesale that because because everybody around here is using seventy to seventy eight percent because it's so hard to find a deal. Yep, uh, I can still wholesale that and 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 still make a little bit of a spread there in the middle. Okay. Makes and, sense. I mean, uh, do you have a minimum profit that you want to make on a deal? Like, do you say a thousand bucks is my minimum, or is it just, you know, as much as you can it's, get? For the most part, you know, it's uh, when I first got started, I was happy just to make a few hundred bucks. Yep. And then, of course, with all the books I've read and and I see how things are going, I I shoot for ten thousand. Okay. And and I you know I easily settle for two or three. Is you know kind of ten x thing. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say it's very much like the the yeah. Grant Cardone ten x. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Increase your goals by ten times, and then if you fall short, at least you're way further than you were to begin with. So, right. Um, very cool. All right. Well, let's go back to auctions. Uh, you know, we've talked about HUD store, talked about MLS. What do you mean by online auctions? What is that, and how does that work? Uh, so there's auction dot com. There, there's Hudson and Marshall, which just emerged with with Genesis, and there's a couple of others. But the probably the biggest one I work with is uh, auction dot com. So um, they have listings, and what's nice about them, probably 60 to 70% of their auction properties aren't on the MLS for some reason, which doesn't make sense. But anyway, the competition is a lot less, and so I can find those through the auction.com. When you first get started, they're they're going to charge you $2,500 per property to make an offer. Then if you don't win that property, they're going to, of course, give that back. Once you close 6 to 10... You said they do give that back. Yes, they'll give it back to you if you don't win. Of course, right once you have a few under your belt, then uh, you can be part of the VIP program, and then they'll give you your own personal office person in their office to help you ahead of you know get get the pre pre auction deals and send you out a list that fits your needs, and they'll help you. And and what the biggest thing is, they'll uh, you don't have to do the twenty five hundred anymore, so it's zero. Interesting. Nice. So uh, just like HUD with the searches, we register for everything in my area. And that could be 60 to 100 homes on auction.com, and I'll make offers on all of them and just you know, see what sticks. Yep. Nice. Cool. That's and, great. Yeah, that's and, awesome. So what percentage of those do you think you're... Uh, it's it's a bit higher. And we're, you know, I've, I think I've closed about 45 this year with auction.com oh, wow. versus, versus probably 15 or 20 last year, so I really picked up the pace. 
with Got them. It. And, and um, it's probably a thirty, you know, between thirty and forty percent closing. Are I'll there fee, fees or anything like that that you have to pay beyond the, the, the money that you put up? Sometimes there's there's a um, a fee. It's two, between two and five percent of the selling price, but okay. for the most part, uh, you know, I'd say eighty percent of these there is no fee, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. Now oh, that's great. Cool. Awesome. Say, I, I should ask this question earlier, and I know we're kind of jumping around, but that's what we do when we don't. Uh, you know, that's what conversations do. So, uh, you mentioned earlier about when you're analyzing deals. Uh, you know, like uh, looking at that other guy who's the cheapest in your area, and that's kind of how you figure it out. But you need to know rehab costs in order to do that. Like you have to know about yes. what it's going to cost to fix it up. How do you know that? I mean, how do especially how do you know that? And how does a new person coming into real estate figure that kind of stuff out? How much is going to cost to fix up? Right, you can use a square footage number, but that that comes with experience too. You know, for me, it was just it was just getting out there and and uh, doing a few rehabs. So for rental, for example, I know what you know ten thousand will get me now. Or fifteen thousand, or twenty thousand. Yep. So I can usually walk in, or or just see the pictures for the most part, and and already know it's going to take ten or twelve thousand to get this rent ready. Yep. Right on. Yeah. So it's. I mean, it it kind of becomes this uh, second nature, doesn't it? I mean, and and I I think a lot of people don't, especially the the new folks, don't necessarily get it. And and by the way, we we've got a great book. I'm sure you probably saw it or have checked it out. The, the Jay Scott's book, uh, the yeah. Ultimate. Uh, the book on oh man, yeah, the, the book, book on. on I'm so used to ultimate. I know. Yes, the book on estimating rehab costs. But um, I think all this stuff. I mean, just like pricing a property. You know, what's this property worth? If you've gone and seen a hundred properties of similar type, you pretty much know what a, what a property is worth. I mean, that's what agents do. That's what uh, sophisticated investors do. Um, it's the more you see, the more you do, the, the the more you know, right? Absolutely. And that's that's actually how I, how I got my start. I was uh, acquisitions manager for a little company. That was a turnkey company, so I was looking at between forty and fifty homes per week, taking a hundred pictures each, doing a little spreadsheet for the for rehab on each. And after you do that for for a few weeks, you see lots and lots of homes and start get a good feel on what's going on. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And and so for for new folks, I mean, you know, you you, you haven't heard it a hundred times yet. You haven't heard it enough. You know, get out there and go look at properties. Right. I mean, go see. What's in your area? Go see what's available. Go see what's for sale. And by your area, I mean your farm. And by farm, right. I mean the place that you're actually looking to buy a property. And just look at property after property after property until you know them. You'll know them cold. Yep. Right. Absolutely. That's that's the way to do it. Yeah. Cool. Um, say, do you do any like uh, you know? I know a lot of wholesalers do this. Do you do any like JVs? Do you work with other wholesalers, other investors to do deals together, or are you just always by yourself? No, I, I do. You know, I, I I like to call myself a transaction coordinator. Really? If there's if there's an opportunity to be had, I'll you know I'll, I'll get in the middle of that. Okay, so sure. explain how that would work. I mean, like again, because I know there's a lot of different ways the JV could work, but uh, what what kind of typically do you see happen? One way is you know someone who has a house they have under contract and they'll bring it to me and they're having trouble selling it, and since I have a large buyer's list, I can send that out. I have to be careful how how that's worded because I'm an agent. Yep. And so, and it's not listed. So there's some, some stuff there I have to be really careful with, but otherwise, you know, I'll actually buy it from them maybe, and then, then sell it myself. Then, uh, you know, on the back end of that, you know, I'll try to give them a split of the profit and there's all, all kinds of different ways to make it happen. Okay. And, uh, you, you are an agent, you are a broker. Do you recommend other wholesalers uh, or investors in general, but specifically wholesalers, should they get their license? I think so. I know it's a question asked a lot on BP and for me, it's, it's the only way you know I would I'd ever do it again because I have access to the MLS. Yeah, 
And and since I make so many offers, you know, if, if I came to myself as an agent wanting to make all these offers, I would tell them, there's no way I'm going to make all these offers for you. Yep. So, so, so you have to do it yourself. It's not worth your time as an agent if somebody's making that many offers because the success rate is so low. Right. Uh, so, you know, it makes sense for somebody to go get their own license and, and go do it. Now, that's not to say that, you know, all investors do that, but, you know, because we talk to agents too, right? There's agents that are listening to this and some of them might be like, oh my God, that's crazy. I'm not, you know, why the hell would I ever want to work with investors? Well, because there's a lot of investors who are doing buy and hold through agents uh, that are, you know, turning around property left and right and you're going to stack your commissions up, you know, if you have, instead of going and hunting for, you know, one client, you know, at a time you get a good investor, like a guy like Brandon and well, he's, he's not that active, but <laughs> you, you know, you, you get an active flipper or you get an active, you know, more active person and, and uh, you know, you're going to do a bunch of deals a year and you don't even have to look for new clients. You find one or two great investors. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Yeah, that's uh, great. You mentioned cash buyers a second ago. Uh, you know, you have a large cash buyers list. And you know, when I talk to wholesalers on BP, a lot of times they, that's the first thing they say is I got to build my cash buyers list. And uh, it, it's such like a thing that they feel like that's the number one thing they have to do before finding a deal, before doing anything. D- do you agree with that? I mean, what, where does a cash buyers list come into play and how does somebody build that? No, I don't, I don't think you have to have that at all. I, I think if you can't sell your deal, then you don't have a deal. Ooh, I like nope. that. It's because <laughs> that is it's a deal, right there. <clears throat> You know, if you have a truly a good opportunity, then they'll find you somehow because there's always people looking. So that's the first thing is to get the good deal. I hate to use the word deal so much. That's, that's a used car term. I know. Uh, I say that all the time too. And I'm like, yeah. there needs to be a better word for what we yeah. always talk about. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> opportunity. Sure. There you, you go. Know, the good opportunity comes along, you, uh, you'll sell it. Yeah. And, that, and so, you know, don't focus on building your website or building the, the buyer's list or getting this get out there and get something, Yep. get something uh, uh, um, under contract, throw, throw it on the web and see what happens. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing how people spend so much time doing things that they think are helping them, but they're really yep. just, I mean, just wasting time. I mean, like, cause it makes them feel like they're doing work. They got this pretty website and they got this pretty, yeah. you know, whatever. I don't think that's why I don't think that's why I think it's like back to my buddies, the gurus. I think it's cause the gurus sure. sell yeah. that. They teach them that that's what you have to do. And they also offer the product. So they've got the websites, they've got the materials, they get all this crap, you know, Hey, learn how to buy a buyer's list, you know, okay. All this nonsense. Yeah. It's irrelevant. Find a deal. Period. Find a deal. Yeah. Once you, once you start doing deals in business, then you could start worrying about scaling up and kind of you know figuring the rest of the details. But you know you got to first figure out how to get a deal. Right. That that actually just happened to one of the guys here in the area last year. He spent months and months with website and all these cool automated. You know, when he wants to send a letter, he pushes one button and it creates it through you know three different steps and all these outsourcing and had it all. All the you know the really high tech polished for the back office, but he still wasn't doing deals. Yeah, and and he finally had to stop about nine months into it. Actually, stop and do do a full reboot and start all over. Yeah, and and now he's starting to do a few deals. But that first because he got you know so tied up in that mentality, and yeah. I even told him, I said, "What are you doing? You know, you're you're not making any money with the website." Yeah, right. Yeah, and it's not like you said. It's not just the website. It's the automation yeah. tools and all this stuff. And and there's lots of promises out there of like this system, you know. And I don't right. mean yep. I don't mean yep. just like the educational system. I mean like this software system right. 
is going to you know do it for you. It's going to automate your whole business. Yep. No, yeah. it's not going to automate. <laughs> we your get those emails. Right. Josh and I get those yeah. emails all the time from people. They're like, "What do you think about this software? They said that it will send deals to my doorstep and help me close them and find me cash buyers to do it, and I can just sit and do nothing." What do you think about that? And every time I just shake my head, I'm like, "You have no yeah. idea what you're doing." <laughs> like you know, like uh, yeah, it just drives me nuts. But anyway. It's good to see that you're you're putting in the hard work that it actually because it, it is. You mentioned earlier you said this is your job, like wholesaling, right. finding deals, like doing this game. It is a like, would you say full time job? Are you at this forty hours a week? Yes, I'd say uh, for the acquisition side of things, you know, forty to forty five hours easily a week. There you go. Right on. And so, what's your goal? I mean, do you want to do you want to be doing this? You know, and by this I mean you know the the uh, wholesaling. Um, you know, for the next X number of years, or uh, obviously you're you're keeping a bunch of these properties for yourself. So so presumably you're building a portfolio, and at some point you'll have enough in your portfolio that it's you know building you that cast, uh, passive uh, income to to help you kind of tone tune down. Is that kind of the plan? Right, because I you know I, I don't think I'll, I'll ever quit sales. I don't care if it's selling cars or selling houses or selling bubble gum. I love sales, so yeah. Um, I can see slowing down a lot and doing a few large deals a year, and then just you know just living off the cash flow. Right on, cool. Right on, that's great. Hey, before we uh, move on to the next section, got a question here, which is what what is on your business card? Do you have business card? What's on it? Yes, it says uh, yes. I I really do buy houses. Right on, and it's it's big letters. It's it's really bold and. Uh, I seen that recently, and I, th- and I thought that was nice. So I just got some made that says that. Then on on the flip side, in, in fine print, it talks about how we we put people into homes without the use of a bank, and um, so so we do a lot of lease to owns with our okay. with our personal properties, and then we use private money to do that. So we talk about how to help the in the in person the end user own a home without a bank, plus how to how to help someone like with an IRA, self directed, making more. Then 0.06 percent yeah. in a CD or or two percent on Walmart or Walmart so, Wall Street. Yeah. So you've got a pretty big. I mean, it's like a pretty fully integrated business that you've built now. I mean, you're you're you've got lots of strategies that are kind of simultaneously working. Um, how do you track it all? How do you manage it all? We just use that. Uh, so, so the tracking side is is QuickBooks Online. We just switched to online version recently. And then uh, we uh, have a really good accountant, which which is key. Very yeah. aggressive. Um, when it comes to accounting, I'm all about it's. It's not what you make; it's what you keep. Yeah. And and a strong accountant can can help you that. Uh, he he's actually on BP. So uh, cool. Uh, nice. So there that and then uh, just a few spreadsheets. Really, it's nothing exotic. I don't I don't have a big, you know, some, some uh, one of those uh, software packages you was talking about or anything. It's that's about it. Cool. Yeah. Right on. Cool. All right. Um, why don't we move on to the world famous fire round? It's time for the fire round. Fire round. These questions come directly out of the Bigger Pockets forum. So, number one, I am new to wholesaling and I am asking for. Uh, for proof of funds before showing deals, what is a good way if it's a cash buyer? So let me re-say that. So I'm new to wholesaling, and I think it's I'm being asked for proof of funds mm-hmm. before. 
I don't know. I don't know if I like that question. Let me let me think of exactly no, what they're I, saying. Well, I actually think it's a good question. Oh, I, I'm phrase. wondering how they're phrasing. Yeah, I'm asking yeah. for proof of funds before showing deals. What is a good way if it's a cash buyer? Okay, I think what he's saying is, so I'm a wholesaler, and when I'm going to sell a deal to somebody, I'm asking the buyer for proof of funds. What's the best way to get that proof of funds from the cash buyer? Does that just make straight sense? Ask, yeah, just okay. ask for it. I mean, if it's the first time you've, you've worked with someone, and and you know they're going to see it. They want to, you know, they're they're going to do all this, all this uh, waste your time. But you know, so instead of wasting your time, say so that's the first thing I ask is for sure is is a POF. Is not really worth worth the paper it's written on? Because you can find them on the web for free. But sure. but anyway, it's it's a starting point. But yeah, just ask for it. Okay. Yeah. Right on. And that is literally just somebody saying, "Hey, I've got money in the bank that I can potentially close right. on this deal." Yeah. Right on. All right, I'm just starting out as an investor and really have an interest in rehabbing properties. What are the best properties to look for? Something simple at first. I don't um, you know? I don't like to do the the really old historic stuff. You get in a, you know, you, you you've got lead based paint. You've got historic societies to deal with. You've got plaster. Uh, so something simple, just a little three one ranch or three two ranch on a slab in an older part of town that's still you know halfway decent. Uh, just get that. Do a little, you know, do paint, carpet, do a kitchen, and um, do that first. Just go through that, and then uh, once you get that experience, then you can start to, to expand. Okay. Okay. Right cool. On. Number three, as an investor, have you found it easy to obtain a small business credit card or a traditional line of credit in your business? You mentioned very briefly earlier credit cards, but do you use them, or do you do you recommend people use them? Yes, um, you have to get it, get those in your personal name usually because uh, they won't they won't give you anything in your in an LLC or corp for two to three years of seasoning. So just get one in your personal name. Uh, when I first came back from Canada, uh, uh, we had horrible credit because we was gone, and you actually it's it's worse to have have zero credit versus bad credit. So we couldn't get a loan hardly for anything. But for you know for some reason they would give me a signature line of credit, which was silly. They wouldn't yeah. give me anything else. Yeah. But anyway, long story short, that's what you use, and then uh, you know. So get that get that credit card as soon as you can. You know, try to use it every month, pay it off. After a few months, ask for more, and just keep on getting a higher limit, and then you can start using that to buy houses with. Right on, right on. Um, cool. What about uh, my last question? Question in the fire round is you know staging. Do you stage your own rentals, flips, or wholesale deals with furniture or knickknacks? You know, full stages, half stage, semi stage, or not, yeah. not at all. We do a little bit. We'll, we'll do something in the kitchen. You know, it's a nice call for plates, some uh, some little candle stuff, some little knickknack. Uh, do, do the same thing in the bath, and then uh, in the family room, I've got a um, uh, uh, like a fifty-five inch uh, plasma prop TV that I bought that I sit in there just to give the illusion of you know this could potentially be the man cave or this could be where the TV goes just to cool. give it. But that's about it. I don't. I, you know, I don't really do do any furniture or anything. Okay. Cool. Cool. Right on. Right on. All right. Moving on. Let's go to the world famous. Also world famous. Famous for. All right. Number one. What is your favorite real estate book, Sean? Oh, you've heard it so many times. That's all right. Usually, these are rich dad, poor dad. That's what really was profound and got me started on the real estate path. So I have to say that. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. What about business book? Any any favorites? I like the E-Meth. Okay. Uh, I used that back when we, for other businesses we've had, and that really helped uh, get the structure, and get the job descriptions and stuff like that written out, so that helped a lot. Cool. Excellent. Awesome. Awesome. And hobbies, what do you do for fun, man? Surely not just real estate. 
lots of work. <laughs> um, I used to play a lot of Call of Duty, and nice. uh, just, just recently, after after finishing the the 10x rule, I I had to quit that because I was wasting too much time. Nice. <laughs> so I like to like to to uh, uh, still travel quite a bit, you know, and and try to get out with 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 my family. Right on. Cool. Ah, cool. 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 Well, All right. Yeah, I, I too was a video game addict for a long, long time. And did they have I, video games back then? Like Pong? Was that was that your game? I, I did play Pong. But, but th- <laughs> thank you for the the veiled insult, you son of a. Oh, I wasn't um, supposed to be veiled. I don't know. That was. Yeah. Well. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So it, it. Yeah. I mean, it's really easy to get caught up, and whether it's like Call of Duty or like a little game on your phone, I mean, yeah. you yeah. just get sucked in. So. A good way to find time is to get rid of them all. Yeah, actually, yeah. I, I have an Xbox One that uh, um, I, I don't play very often, so I lent it to my buddy for the last three months while I was working on my book, which is I'm not going to talk about that. But there's a new book coming out sometime soon. Anyway, so while I was finishing that, I, I gave it to my buddy because I just I would I would not write the book if I was playing video games. So yeah, if you're somebody at home, you're playing too much video games, lend it to your friend for a few months. It's amazing what you'll get done. Oh yeah. So all right, my final question: What do you believe? sets apart successful real estate investors from those who give up, fail, or never get started? Just keep pushing forward. I mean, you've heard it over and over again, and that's what I tell people still. When you fall down, get back up. If you're not falling down and, and getting hurt, then you're not trying hard enough. You know, I hate to see people just sit around and they, they say they're trying, but they're not, or, or they're, always, they're always negative, the sky's falling, woe is me. You know, that's, that's average. Just get up and try something. It, you know, I'd, I'd rather fall on my face a few times versus sit at home and think about you know what if, what if, and what if. Nice, yeah, that's that's great. I love it. Hey, before uh, before I ask ask my last question, you're you're pretty active on BP and have been. You've been around for years. You got 847 posts. You know, why do you do it? Uh, that actually is is what got me started. I think the the whole thing moving forward was um, there when I in for the first six months I starved. When I went full time, and I was doing very little, and we had some savings, thank goodness. So I was just kind of sitting around and not not knowing what to do or how to make it. So I started doing my own wholesale versus trying to be an agent for other buyers. But one thing someone suggested was to get on a, a BP and just just go there and say hi, you know. And so I started, you know, so I did the, uh, a search for the for the keywords, and um, so I you know I spend maybe two hours a, per week now. When I first got started, for the first three months, uh, you know, after three months, I started getting calls. People saying, "Hey, I see what you said, and you know, we're in California, want to buy something in your area. Can you help us?" And now, again, I only spend you know one to two hours a week, but I get uh, you know, I, uh, uh, I've got private lenders for BP, you know, that where they, where they find me. I don't, I don't ask for it. Where they come to me. Um, I probably sell one or two properties per month because of BP. I don't really, I don't use the advertising that much. Just people call that uh, they're out of town and they want to come to town. They want to see what's going on. I show them around. And so absolutely, I would, I'd recommend, you know, start, start getting on there and spending an hour or so a week at the very minimum. And um, it, you'll, you'll start seeing results for sure. That's awesome. great. That's awesome, man. Awesome. All right. So Sean, where where can people find you? I know we talked about not yeah. needing a website, but you know, surely you've got one now, and you're out there. So uh, where can people find you online? Uh, for the most part, just it's there on BP. You can yeah. find me there. I I have a website. I haven't updated in probably two years, so I don't even use it. Right on. And so just just go to BP, and uh, I'll be glad to help out any way I can. 
Cool. We'll link to that in the show notes. And uh, the direct link to Sean's profile is real easy. Biggerpockets.com slash users slash HHS. Uh, all right, Sean. Well, listen, man, it's, it's been great. Definitely a pleasure talking to you. Congrats on all the success and building this, uh, this pretty, pretty solid business you got there. And, and thanks for, for sharing with everybody. And we'll look forward to seeing you around on Bigger Pockets. Great. Thank you. Awesome, right, man. We'll see you around. All right, guys, that was Sean Hulsapple. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the show. Hopefully you heed his advice and get out there and make offers and stop sitting around and waiting for things to come to you. Yep. Stop wasting your time and energy on all-in-one systems that are going to solve the world's problems for you. They're not going to. You have to yep. do it. You have to get out there and make things happen. So get out there and make offers. You know, I mean, I, I'm not sure if, if you guys got this, but for me, I mean, hearing Sean... You know he's he's got his sources right. He's got the MLS. He's he's got auctions and he's got HUD and he's just working it and working it and working it and focused on it. And obviously, it's yielding incredible results. The guy's not even marketing. You know, to to hear a whole a wholesaler, hoteler who's not doing any marketing, I think a lot of people would be shocked to hear that. And yep. and so um, I think it's a great model. And uh, you know, want to encourage other people to, to try it out. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. I'm I'm very like motivated now to go get my license and start making more offers. <laughs> make moves, make moves. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, listen, this is show 136 of the Bigger Pockets podcast. We definitely appreciate you listening. Please check out the show notes and you can interact and ask Sean any questions you want at biggerpockets.com slash show 136. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Pinterest and Facebook and LinkedIn. We're all over the place. Check us out. Check us out. Get involved in Bigger Pockets itself. Jump on our forums today at biggerpockets.com slash forums. If you don't have an account, get in there and make one and start connecting with guys like this. I mean, this this is how we make things happen. We interact and, and meet people and build our network. So get out there and do it. Otherwise, I don't know. Brandon, the picture of the light above your head makes it look like you've got one of those napkin hats on your head. It's actually pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> I do. That's my that's my movie studio set up behind me. I'm going to go film a couple Ask BP videos today, which people should be checking out at biggerpockets.com slash askbp. That is the other podcast we run here at Bigger Pockets. So. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Well, listen, man. Welcome back. We are Thank glad you. to have you. And all right. all right, guys, let's get out of here. I'm Josh Dorkin, signing off. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. Braving the real estate investing journey on your own can be daunting. Doubts tend to creep up and stifle your ambition. Is this actually a good deal? Did you run the numbers right? What if you can't find a tenant? Can you even afford this place? What if you lose your job? Whatever you're going through, we've all been there. And guess what? The best way to overcome your doubts and hesitations is with a healthy dose of knowledge, networking, and accountability. And that's just what you'll find in our newly released 2024 Summer Boot Camps. After these eight action-packed weeks of step-by-step -step guidance from expert investors, weekly video modules, live Q&As, interactive assignments, and new friends to keep you accountable, you'll be ready to tackle your first or next deal with full confidence and expertise. Choose from the small multifamily, short-term rental, or rookie boot camps and register by April 12th for the lowest prices. Head on over to biggerpockets.com slash enrollme today. That's biggerpockets.com slash enrollme. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. 
Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.